Hello, ladies and gents. Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com, and today I have special guest Brandon Mackey, the owner of Keto Farms, on the line. This is the second time he's been on the show, but we dove deep into a lot of things that we did not touch on with the first episode, particularly how the virus and just the chaos of the world right now that we're living in has affected small businesses, especially food product companies in the ketogenic space, just some of the obstacles that come therein, and how you have to have the right mentality and approach to just overseeing and getting through those obstacles. So we dove into mindset, we dove into some business practices, we touched on a lot of things. I thoroughly enjoyed the conversation, and I trust you will as well. Without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversation with Brandon. Brandon, how are you, man? Doing great, Robert. How are you? I am doing wonderfully well. It's good to have you back on for a second round of the podcast here. Oh, it's great to be back as always. Appreciate you having me. We talked, I think, shoot, I don't know, it's been probably over a year. I think we had a podcast shortly after I met you for the first time at the Metabolic Health Summit, uh, I guess last year. And then we've talked here and there because you and I are both in the food product space and the keto space. And it's just been kind of a wild ride because we're both basically bootstrapping our business and lo and behold, this whole COVID thing comes in and I feel like a lot of people, I mean, everyone's been affected by it, but I feel like we have an interesting perspective being in a small business within the food industry, within the ketogenic community. It's just like a lot of challenges going on right now. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's crazy to think how different the world is right now as we're talking relative to maybe a year ago when we when we first started chatting and um, no one could have seen this coming. But, you know, as as young entrepreneurs, we're, we have nothing else to do but sort of react to it and sort of build that resiliency. 100 percent, man. I mean, when for anybody that didn't know, didn't listen to the first podcast, you are the, the man that met the legend behind the keto farms, uh, you know, snack food you want to talk a little bit about that kind of give a little overview just in case anybody hadn't heard that first episode yeah yeah absolutely so you know really what uh you know keto farms was was built on was on the premise of you know bringing this idea of real food snacks uh and and actually at the time that we talked we were we were selling the line of powdered beverages um like an instantized bulletproof style um we called the keto coffee and we had the keto matcha as well mm-hmm. um and we, we've since positioned the company into um uh, focus entirely on on keto friendly uh, low carb snacks um made from real food and uh old is something that we we've learned through this journey is the importance of taste uh, and experience you know when you're on a diet or following a lifestyle like this and so we're really trying to bring you know all, all the, the great flavors and the great snacks that we had as kids that you know may, maybe many of us miss or can't have anymore um into our products and show people that you can really have it all, uh, live the lifestyle you want and have all, um, really great tasting snacks. And so really what that's led us is our, our flagship products is, uh, we call the crunchy cheese mix. So it's, um, you know, if you've had the moon cheese, the cheese puffs, uh, very similar to that. Um, we've got nuts in there and, uh, the seasoning blends that we spend a lot of time developing and we've got customers that say all the time, Oh my gosh, this reminds me just of nacho cheese Doritos. Um, and we've got, you know, nacho cheese is our best-selling one. We've got cheesy jalapeno, which is a lot like the poppin' jalapeno Doritos, if you had those. Uh, and then we've got uh, sweet strawberry, which was actually our longest-running, best-selling product. Um, that one is not quite like any of the snacks that maybe you'd find in the uh, 
you know, in the uh, convenience store or grocery store aisle, um, maybe closest to a, like a, a special K redberry cereal. So mm-hmm. it's got dried strawberries, Gouda cheese, um, and then almonds and pecans in there. And so that one's really interesting, kind of sweet, savory, salty mix um, that people have. And we sell those in, in single serve packs. Um, they're you know, great on the go, the portion control, uh, and, and really just a great like kind of snack in between meals. Um, and so we built that out and then, um, sort of building on that, the, the single serve or portion control snacking, we just launched a line of, uh, maple candy pecans. And so I don't know if you ever went to Costco, um, back in the day or bought, saw those praline pecans that come in those 40 ounce tubs. Oh yeah. Um, they're crunchy, delicious, but those things are maybe like 60 or 70% sugar. Um, and so we, we re- basically recreated those, um, those pr- praline pecans um, with an erythritol monk fruit blend. And so they're actually just one gram of net carb per serving, zero gram added sugar. Absolutely delicious. And, and those just started launching in the wild um, this past week, going out in the keto crate, keto box, and my keto snack box. And they're on Amazon as well. Uh, and people have been really loving those, having a lot of fun, you know, putting those on ice cream, putting those, um, you know, in yogurt, on salads, um, opening up a whole new world that the crunchy cheese mix, you know, just more of like a savory snack. Uh, less of like a baking ingredient or something that you could um, mix with other things and make all these great creations. So yeah, that's, that's kind of it in a nutshell. And um, just really trying to make great, craveable keto snacks. I love it, man. I've tried all but the, the candied pecan um, and they're all delicious. And, you know, I got to take my hat off too, because in the, in the keto space, like you kind of have a, a double-edged sword because trying to make a shelf stable product with natural ingredients is a pretty big challenge. I mean, there's a lot of shelf-stable products out there, but they're, they're filled with, you know, filler preservative ingredients that we try to avoid on keto. So trying to meld those two worlds and make a legit quality ingredient product that also is shelf-stable is, is a challenge. And y'all, I mean, nothing on y'all's ingredient list gives me any red flags whatsoever. Yeah, that's a great point. And, and the other thing I, I would add to that that's challenge is to do all that and make it affordable too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, using these high quality ingredients, which we've said from day one is, is a part of our brand that we're not going to compromise. Um, but doing that in a way that is, is affordable. And especially when you're, you're selling on Amazon, as we sell almost all of our products through it's very competitive environment. And if you just look at some of the other products or even some of the better for you snacks um, that are out there, you know, it can be a, a big uh, challenge to try and match, you know, make it affordable for somebody that's maybe coming from, you know, from a, a normal standard American diet onto the keto diet, the kind of sticker shock that can come from a lot of these products um, as you're, as you're adjusting. That's been a big challenge for us. And one that we've had to really kind of think through is like, how do you find the right mix of shelf stable, great high quality ingredients, but also affordable so that people can be buying it every week and incorporate it into the lifestyle and kind of come back time and time again to keep enjoying it. You know, less of a special occasion, but more of like a, you know, repeat product that people are really enjoying, you know, week in, week out. Yeah, man, that, that's, that's a challenge for sure. I mean, having, I, f- I feel like the keto community as a whole and people that are very health conscious kind of embrace the fact that they're probably going to have to spend a little bit more on their ingredients or on their food rather than, you know, a standard run-of-the-mill food choice. I mean, like, look at the quality meats you're consuming, for instance. Like, a, a good quality ribeye is going to cost a little bit more than just a cheap, standard American ribeye. Um, and the same is kind of true within the snack and performance bar department. But it is challenging because a lot of people, especially if they're just switching over, it's it's hard to connect those dots. But, I mean, looking at everything from, like, a calorie a calorie cost standpoint and then, like, 
what of those ingredients is your body actually going to absorb and get a nutrient dense, you know, boost in performance from? That's that's where you have to start, you know, figuring out what where the worth is. And I feel like yellow stuff is is good. It doesn't really make me crave more. It's actually satiating, and it's just got good quality stuff in there. Like I'll 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 take those. Crystal and I eat those when we're we're driving a lot. We'll have that, uh, like if yep. we're driving, as a, as opposed to getting something crappy from like a convenience store. Yeah. That's a that's a perfect use case for it. Yeah, a lot of people say like every time I'm I'm craving chips or cheese its or Doritos, I just reach for this instead, and that kind of takes the whole, you know, anxiety about that. You know, you know when I'm craving X, I can I can reach for this, and uh, that's really something that we've tried to do. And you know, a lot of people when they come over from the diet, you know, they have all these things that they miss from, um, you know, the previous ways of eating. And so it's amazing to see all the different keto products that are out there. You've got keto ice cream, even like keto pop tarts, almost anything that you can imagine from that you used to eat in your childhood, you've got as a, as a keto friendly option now. And that's been really fun to share and kind of that the growth of this, um, of this industry that we're in. And it's been really fun to see all the different companies coming out and giving people tools to, to make the diet fun and exciting and really stick with it over the long term. Yeah, totally, man. And and y'all have kept everything pretty well in house the whole time too, as well. Yeah, we have. It's actually uh, exciting where we are transitioning now for the first time to a manufacturing partner. Um, so we we manufactured everything uh, locally here in in South Los Angeles, and that was really awesome because uh, we had full control over the process and really every single product that went out the door we essentially made by hand. And Mm -hmm. so we had really good feel for the quality, you know, if an ingredient came in, didn't look right, you know, and we, we would taste it, check it, we were able to send it back and and get, you know, better replacement. And and that kind of compounding, you know, as you're producing the product, I think really came through in time to reviews and the product quality. And, um, and we could, we could iterate really fast, you know, we could, we could put a product out, get some feedback that it was, you know, falling a little short on flavor or whatnot. And then um, the next week, make adjustments, you know, change the seasoning level, maybe put a little more cheese, a little bit of this and, um, just quickly, you know, listen to feedback and make better and better tasting products. And so really got to a point where, you know, the products that you tasted, you know, the metabolic health summit in 2018, uh, just radically different from what we have now, uh, in just a short period of time. Um, but with that, you know, we got our, our formulas on a really good place, uh, all the different flavors, people are loving them and we've actually got a new flavor coming. Uh, in just a few weeks from now, but feeling that's really going to be, um, you know, our best foot forward as far as the flavors and, uh, the formulas. And then, but then what's happened is we've grown a lot and just making all the product in house becomes more and more of a strain. And we quickly outgrew, um, what our machines here could do. And, and we're faced with the decision. Do you go out and buy, you know, a much bigger machine, um, maybe hire some people to, to run the lines, or do you turn to a manufacturing partner that, you know, does this full time and can really help us. And we found a, a great group um, out in Utah uh, that uh, just did a trial with them a few weeks ago. The product tasted e- even better than what we were able to make in our our facility, which you wouldn't expect. You know, you would you would think the quality would go down, um, but that was really exciting. And they're going to be able to to make far more of it than we ever could. And I think that'll really give us an opportunity to, to go out and you know start to launch in some retail channels and. Um, things that before and it's almost like if we had landed a, a deal with say costco or something that would have been a bad thing because we'd be oh my gosh we can never make this much product for them mm-hmm. um so that'll be a, a big change that's coming for us and i think it's going to be exciting because you know hopefully that'll allow us to get the product in more people's hands and um 
continuing to build on some of the success that we've seen on Amazon and, and making the product in-house. Is that kind of a, a scary transition for you? I, I would imagine, you know, being a entrepreneur and businessman like you are and having pretty much full control of everything, is it is it kind of scary to hand some of that control off? Or is it liberating? Uh, y- yes, well, I think definitely scary, especially because we had a, you know, a bad experience with a manufacturing partner when we first started out uh, with the the keto coffee and keto matcha. So we've, we've seen the, the bad side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that really helps you learn what you need to do to uh, achieve a good outcome. And I think the mistake that a lot of uh, entrepreneurs make, especially in the food business, is they first starting out and they think that if I just, you know, put the formula down in, in a nicely formatted, uh, for, you know, formatted document and send it over and, and it'll just get made. You know, get sent to the Amazon warehouse and everything will be fine. They treat it as kind of a hands-off. And in, in reality, it's it's really just it, when you place a purchase order with a manufacturing partner, that's really the start of it, not the end. And uh, it's, it's imperative to build a relationship with them, you know, do things like take videos of the process that you're doing in-house so that they can really understand how you do it. Um, you know, we made an effort to fly out and, and meet on site and spend an entire day out there. Um, showing them every aspect of the product. Um, you know, we we sourced all the materials for the first run, put them in a nice, um, nicely organized palette, so everything was right there for them, and and just kind of really go out of your way to set them up for success, so that mm-hmm. once they learn how to do it, then you can start to breathe a little bit easier. You still want to stay a little bit paranoid, I guess, as as they say, but um, you start to breathe a little easier. And then once we saw how you know how good the product came out on the trial, and um, then we started to get really exciting, and that that liberating feeling started coming in saying, wow, we can now really focus on, you know, partnerships, you know, more strategic, um, partnerships, launching in new channels, um, coming up with new products, you know, the stuff that we're really best at and really enjoy. And, um, you know, customers have really come to, to like us for, we can focus more on that stuff. And, um, that's when it starts to get really exciting, but yeah, it is, it is scary. That's for sure. In the beginning. No, that's awesome. And I hope it, continues to, to move in the right direction for you what what's the next main thing in the pipeline going forward are you going to try and focus on the retail outlets or the new flavors or co- combination of all of the above yeah uh so what's really exciting is um we definitely want to continue uh building out the the crunchy cheese mix which has you know been our our best-selling product it's it's funny. It's we used to sell them in those uh, three and a half serving bags, mm-hmm. uh, which we gave one of those to you in the metabolic health summit. I think you ate the entire thing as we were standing there chatting. Yep. <laughs> and uh, so we, so we had our, our customers giving feedback on Amazon and said, you know, I spent all this money for this multi-serving bag. I ate the whole thing in one sitting, and so that was a big problem for us. And so then we spent all of our time thinking, how do we address this? And we, and we came up with the single serve portion control packs, and and people really loved that. And we got rid of the three and a half serving bags and. Now, lo and behold, people, the feedback's coming back that say, hey, guys, these portion control packs are great, but what I really want is a multi-serving bag. And we're like, oh, my gosh, you just you just can't win, you know? <laughs> yeah, that, that so, is one thing I've learned. You cannot make everybody happy if you're making a food product. Like, what is the perfect case scenario for one individual is going to be the exact opposite for another. Exactly. And so we look at that and said, well, okay, maybe a three-and-a-half serving bag is, is that's too much in the middle. It's a no-man's land, but you know, what if we had, you know, a nine serving or a 12 serving bag or something like that. Um, so we're, lo- we're looking at bringing out, um, you know, a bulk uh, format for that, mm-hmm. for the people that really love the cheese mix. Um, and so I think that's going to be a really exciting one because it's almost like, you know, people are begging for it at this point, you know, the 
the reviews keep coming in. We're like, okay, guys, we hear you. We hear you. It's coming. It's coming. Um, and so that'll, that'll, that should be a great one for people that want to, you know, stock up, you know, save a little bit more, you know, on, on the price of that. Uh, but really the other one that's exciting is yeah, these maple candy pecans. Um, that's one where we, it was kind of our, our first new product line, um, kind of getting out of the, the savory into a little bit more of the sweet, like a sweet treat or a dessert occasion. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it's, it's clear when you, you see some of the best selling products out there that, um, sweet is far and away that those are the best sellers. Um, you know, people love, uh, the sweet products, particularly, um, you know, outside of the normal meals, maybe it's a dessert, you want, you know, something sweet in the afternoon. Um, and so we were really excited to have, uh, for the first time, a true sweet product. The sweet strawberry was, you know, kind of like that, but it's more of kind of sweet and savory. Right. And, um, people have just been, been loving that product and, and seeing, I, we saw recently this, um, uh, one of our customers posted on on Instagram a uh, a Sunday that she made with our pecans. She took um, some vanilla ice cream from the Rebel Creamery, um, our and then some whipped cream, our cane maple candy pecans, and then Chalk Zero maple pecan syrup uh, drizzled on top. And I was just thinking, I was like, man, like you know, the, you could you could stay on this diet forever. You know, it's not like you're missing <laughs> anything at this point. You know, it is like you are sacrificing nothing at this point. There's so many great products out there. And so just seeing how pe- how excited people are about this, there's a ton of ideas where we could uh, go down on the candied, uh, candied nut concept. Um, you think about you know, almonds or toffee peanuts or things like that. So I think that's something that we're really excited about continuing to uh, see how, you know, how, how far we can go with that. Um, and then on top of that, yeah, retail and all the other stuff but you know i think new making delicious new products is, is something that we enjoy the most and i think that's what we're going to focus for the next little while i love it i love it i feel like the the formulation aspect of creating a new product is is probably one of the most exciting steps at least it is for me here at ketobrook it's like i don't know you just you you put something out into the world to see what people think of it and it's like you don't know what to expect but you're you're just filled with the suspense and anticipation and when you get feedback back that's positive like you have with the you know the candy pecan it's like it's like you know you're doing something right with your life oh yeah and I, we always had this saying that said like r&d doesn't begin until the product launches mm-hmm. meaning like there, there's only so far that you can really take it when it's just maybe you or your business partner or you know some close friends tasting it um because you're gonna get used to it you're gonna taste it and then at some point you just got to release it to the, into the wild because you're going to get so much more feedback and, and it's going to come from people that are, they're paying for the product. You know, they're, if you make a product and you ask your friend, Hey, is this good? They know they want to hurt your feelings. So they'll be like, yeah, 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 it's good. But then when you're talking about customers that are paying for it, it's a whole different, different world. And so that really forces you to say, okay, well, if this is, if this is going to go out the door, it's got to be pretty darn good. And, and that's really the fun thing. And I'm, I'm curious, how, how do you guys approach R and D? Are there any, you know, uh, special techniques or uh, process that you've developed over time for making the new flavors, the bricks. Oh yeah, man. It's super scientific. We, uh, <laughs> I, oh, I know where uh, this is going. <laughs> <laughs> I basically, uh, you know, I've got like this calculator where I can, you know, mix and match the ratio of the ingredients so that I'm hitting the right nutrient profile. Cause I'm putting the priority on, you know, nutrient density and like the macro makeup. And then once I get that dialed in, I'll have the, the crew, you know, make a, a sample batch, by hand and then we all sit around the table in the morning meetings and cut off a piece and 
go around and give feedback, and that's pretty much what we do until we nail the process. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it in a nutshell. Yeah, that's it's funny we get asked that a lot, and and that's really all it is. And it's it's funny when I think about you know my girlfriend thinks that that's what I do for a living is sit around and eat snacks, and I'm like, <laughs> no, no, this is a this is a very important part of what we do. This is this is the art of it. Yeah. Um, and uh, I know we we talked in the in the past about a, a pecan brick. Um, but maybe we'll have to, to meet up one of these days for a little formulation session with the new candy pecans. Yeah, well, I definitely want to to figure out. I've had several requests for a savory brick, and I feel like using, mm-hmm. you know, one of your, uh, you know, crunchy jalapeno cheddar mixes or something in the savory in a savory brick would work really well because you'd get the crunch, and all of our other flavors are not necessarily super sweet, but they're not a savory variety by any means. Yeah. So I feel like having a savory option would be a, a big plus, you know. Like I've made a couple samples and I'll, you know, melt the brick down and, and mix it with like ground beef. It's like a chili almost. And that, that yeah. works really, really well. Yeah. Yeah, and definitely and some of the seasoning blends that we've mm-hmm. we've developed for the crunchy cheese mix. Um, I think that those could probably, you know, go right into the brick and, and create a pretty darn delicious one. I'm super curious to try the the savory brick. Um, cause like you said, yeah, they've all been the, the sweet varieties and coconut and chocolate and things like that. It's been a challenge, man. Like making a food bar that is of a savory variety. Like you don't really see that, you know, that's not really a, a common thing. Yeah. I can only think like the, the Epic bars, like, uh, some of the jerky based ones, you know, made around meat. Mm-hmm. Um, like pemmican, you know, jerky, that, that that's for sure on the savory spectrum, but like you don't see quest coming out with you know, a cheddar jalapeno bar. It's kind of weird. Yeah, but, you know, you could be the first to pull it off. I'm going to try, man. I'm going to try. I feel like we're getting <laughs> close. We, we've got one formula going on now that I, I feel is is on the cusp of, of breakthrough. We just have to get the pricing right and figure out proper yeah. sourcing. But I, I think we're getting – we're definitely closer now than we ever have been before. Oh, that's exciting. So I want to kind of dive into, you know, how – you as an entrepreneur have dealt with and overcome just the obstacles the world's thrown at us lately with regard to not just the virus, but just the uncertainty that everybody is, you know, engulfed in right now. I feel like having a food product in a very niche market with keto and then also being just like totally caught off guard with the virus and just everything going on right now, it's kind of a, a scary time for an entrepreneur. So just kind of dive into that man like talk about the mindset behind and talk about what you've done to overcome some of the obstacles what are some of the obstacles and just kind of flesh that out a little bit yeah absolutely and it's definitely been been top of mind for us and won't sit here and lie to you it's it's been really tough um here in the last little while Uh, i feel like we're coming on the other side but uh really where we were at you know when you when you start a business you almost are diving straight into uh, a life of uncertainty where if you're giving up a paycheck and, and you kind of don't know what, where you're going to find success or how long it's going to take or how you're going to support yourself. And, and we were already on that journey. Uh, and they typically say, you know, it can be up to two years from the time that you start something to you finally are finding success and can breathe a little bit. And, um, and if you look about it, look at it, you know, we start really set out to start this business with a handshake in March of 2018. So from almost exactly at the two year mark, is when the coronavirus really hits. So here we are finally breathing a little bit for like six days and then bam, coronavirus hits. Mm-hmm. And it felt like we were just spiraling right back to like when we started of like, okay, like 
you know, how are we going to support ourselves? What's the world going to look like? And, you know, that was really tough because you kind of, you know, over two years, it, it drags on and on. And, um, you know, you're thinking, oh, is this going to be another two years? And, and can I really uh, make it through that? And, you know, and the other challenging thing, you know, with the, the industry that we're in, I don't know if you experienced any of this, but there were all these articles that were coming out. They're saying, um, you know, what a great time to be, you know, in the, the consumer package goods space selling online, like, you know, all these businesses that were seeing huge growth. And, um, and the truth is that, that, that we weren't, you know, and we joked to see if I have to read another article that says online snacks are reaching all time highs. Um, you know, I'm going to go crazy. <laughs> yeah. And, and because the, the reality is, um, I think what was happening is, yeah, there were, you know, huge growth in, in, um, snack brands, but a lot of that was people were reverting back to the, um, the brands that they knew and, and trusted, you know, things like um, Reese's or, or Doritos or, you know, for their kids. And like, that's where a lot of the growth was really coming from. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, in times of great uncertainty, people go back to what they know and trust. And um, that can come at the detriment to young brands like us. You know, people don't, you know, they're, they're open to explore new things, but like, you know, we are kind of like the the challenger brands and, and still just trying to find our footing in the world. And uh, and then on top of that, you know, the, the keto is a, it's a niche space. And I think with the, the huge uh, stress and uncertainty when the virus first started, you know, we saw anecdotally some of our customers, um, you know, you know, left the diet, left the lifestyle for a little bit, you know, started, um, you know, ourselves included, I was running store eating pasta and, um, you know, for, for a little while there. And so I think that uh, it changed the mindset a little bit where, you know, um, our, our industry, our market, and we saw this with some of the that on Amazon was, was down. And so that was really hard, you know, layered on top of that, where, you know, everyone's telling you, Hey, you're supposed to be growing and, and uh, you're selling snacks online. How could you not be having your, your best month ever? And then you're not. Um, but we looked at it and we said, you know what, this, it is what it is. Um, you know, we could, if we don't want to give up, what, what, what is one small thing that we could do? And, you know, we said, we made the decision that we could in the month of April, we could lower our price. Um, you know, we dropped our price 30% just as a way to help out with people that had, you know, feeling the strain or maybe someone that, you know, had lost work and, and want to continue living a healthy lifestyle, buying our products. That was one way that we could give back. And, and we did that, uh, messaged that to our customers, um, you know, did some product donations, um, just some small things that said this is happening, but what's one way that we could we could really give back and, and tried to just stay focused and say, you know, if if the world does come back to normal, um, you know, we won't we didn't want to have used this time where you're just wallowing, where we weren't making progress or, or working on the business or saying how can we make things better because I have to believe that ultimately things will turn around at some point. And so I tried to really use that time to um you know, just keep pushing ahead. And, and it was easier said than done. I think, um, you know, trying to stick to good, good health and wellness practices. I was doing a lot of yoga, um, trying to, um, get out, you know, go on runs, um, exercise, trying to, you know, stick, stick with the diet. That was really important during that time period. And, uh, just trying to take it one day at a time, but it wasn't easy, but I think we're, we're starting to see, um, you know, things pick back up and some of the benefits of doing a lot of the you know, a lot of the work during that, that challenging time, but it's not easy, you know, and it, it's, who knows how long this could continue on. I, I definitely think it makes us better businessmen though. I mean, like my uncle, for instance, he's 
I always owned a business. He does like personalized bottled water. And I've ever since I was a kid, I like helping him around the warehouse. He was always telling me about, you know, the the economic downturn in two thousand seven, eight, and nine, and how that really shaped him as a businessman and gave him, you know, clarity and strength to to push through and how it's kind of shaped his decisions now when times are, are good. Um, and not necessarily now, like this instant, but just in general. Um, and I feel like this, what's going on now uh, in 2020 with this virus and all the chaos that the economy's had to deal with has really been our generation's time to, to you know, really dig deep and grind in and, and grind it out and, and learn from it and grow from it. And I feel like this is this is the kind of stuff that goes down in history books. I mean, every every generation's usually every generation has some crazy, just you know, non unforeseen obstacle. And I feel like this is definitely an obstacle in our generation's time. Uh, so I think you know, while it's definitely not easy, there's definitely a lot of uncertainty, a lot of stress, a lot of heartache. I feel like we'll be all the better for it if we do keep pushing through and see it through to the end. Oh yeah, I I completely agree and. If you looked back, you know, the, yeah, they say the Great Depression um, really changed the way that uh, people who grew up through that, their, their behavior throughout the rest of their lives, you know, they were more frugal than other generations that really like never left them. Um, and I think you really could see that happening with our generation uh, and, and so much around. Yeah, just th- this mindset of you just never know what's going to happen. And so trying to do things like you know, live frugally. And you know, I think we were lucky looking at our business, um, you know, that we didn't have uh, a lot of debt or a lot of overhead, you know, you can maintain and be flexible. And it's amazing too, just to see how people have had to adapt and be creative. And I, I always think that just walking by the restaurants on, on the street, just how these restaurants overnight have had to completely change their business model, you know, mm-hmm. to whether it's, you walk in, you know, you're, you're scanning, um, you know, a barcode that's pulling up the menu and then your food is brought to you without having a server or, you know, things like, um, you know, these nice restaurants in town doing these to go boxes, things like that, that, um, I think collectively has really stressed us, but the ones that can, you know, adapt, change, be resilient, I think are the ones that are going to come out on top and be all the better for it. So it's, it's been tough, but you really do believe that we, you know, we'll, we'll get through this together and we'll, we'll come out the other side and, um, you know, hopefully be all the better, uh, for it. It, it really is an adapt or die kind of scenario. I mean, if, if anybody thinks that they're untouchable and that, that they're not subject to, you know, the economic downturns or just what, whatever's going on, like there's always going to be a bubble that's going to burst. There's always going to be something that, that can, you know, your Achilles heel, so to speak, so really being flexible and, and kind of having the self-awareness to know that you're not untouchable and being able to be self-aware of your surroundings and figuring out how to, to acclimate and adjust to those surroundings is, is key, man. I mean, I've, I've gone through a lot of, you know, heartache here lately with regard to how aggressive I need to be as a company because, you know, since we've kept everything in-house, I've got, you know, several employees whose payroll I have to meet. Their family depends on me to make the right decisions and, you know, I don't know what the next six months will bring because this these past six months came out of nowhere, you know. So I've really had to go back and forth in my mind of, you know, what's the best thing I can do as a leader for not only myself and the business, but, you know, my wife, my employees, my 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 team um, and the community. Like, what can I do? What, what's the best thing for me to do for them? And those are all questions that there's not really a 
you know, a playbook anywhere that with the answers. I mean, you kind of have to go through these and, and ask yourself some, some deep, hard questions and figure out who you are and what you stand for and and just see what the world responds to that answer. Oh, yeah, I completely agree. And yeah, like you said, there's there's no playbook. There's no one person that you can call up and give you the answer. And and there's no no easy way to know what the right answer will be. Uh, and that's the really challenging thing is you just have to kind of do a lot of reflection and, you know, talk to the people that are really close around you. And, and at the end of the day, make a decision, stand by it uh, and, and not be afraid to adapt and change if, if the circumstances change. And that's probably the biggest thing. Yeah, totally agree. Is there anything that you plan on doing differently with your company in light of what's happened, you know, over the past several months? Is there like any tangible, uh, you know, pivots that you're going to make or kind of safeguards you put into place because of the virus and just what's, what's happened here lately? Yeah. I mean, it definitely something, uh, you know, one of the, one of the biggest things is, um, really focusing and doubling on, on e-commerce. Um, you know, that's something that we've seen throughout, throughout the virus and everything has changed. It's been, been one of the big winners of all this, you know, I know that's, there's not many winners from this, but e-commerce and how that's changed people's attitudes towards it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a, a safe way, a safe and secure way to get the, you know, the essentials in people's lives. Um, and we were already doing, you know, most of our business through e-commerce, but, you know, to be honest, we were starting to really, um, think about retail, focus on retail, maybe take our eye off the ball a little bit. Um, but it's, it's been clear that that is, uh, really one of the best ways that we can, um, you know, get our products to our customers and, and make a difference is, you know, having a, um, a really uh, thriving and functioning you know, e-commerce business. So we've really focused there um, and think, oh, you know, how are all the, di- what are all the different kind of products? And like I mentioned, the bulk, um, you know, that's something that definitely supports uh, this kind of new reality wherein people are spending more time at home. They want to save some money on the product. We can get them, um, you know, we could come up with a bulk offering for somebody where it's like, if you're in retail, you can't have all these different sizes for all these different people. It doesn't quite work like that. Um, and we're in e-commerce you can. And so we've really, um, made it, made a commitment to focus on that. Uh, definitely things, um, you know, our, our ingredient costs, um, you know, it's going to be an economically challenging environment and, um, we really want, you know, affordability is a big focus for us on our products. Uh, especially, you know, with, with, uh, keto products, you know, people are prepared to spend more, but there's definitely a, a limit to that. And so that's something that we're very aware, aware of is, you know, we can make the best tasting product in the world, but if it's, if it's not affordable, it's not going to be able to, uh, reach a lot of people. And we certainly don't want that. So we've been spending a lot of time, um, looking at our ingredient costs and really, you know, making the tough decisions around, you know, how can we come up with formulas that are, um, delivering on health, absolutely delicious, but, um, are, are affordable. So, uh, focusing there as well. And then I guess the other one would just be, uh, an awareness to, you know, stay lean and stay flexible. Um, you know, keep, keep the company out of debt. You know, there's a period where we were looking at uh, taking on some equipment loans and scaling up our manufacturing and buying, uh, you know, fancy equipment to do 10 times the volume that we're doing now and things like that. I think we, we've definitely walked away from and said, well, you know, who knows what the world's going to look like. And at the end of the day, not having a lot of debt or, uh, a big overhead and you know, only focusing on investing on the, the essentials is something that'll help us sleep easier at night. And I think operate more flexibly and successfully in this new reality. I like it. I like it. Those are, those are all good, good, you know, focuses to live by. Cause I feel like 
you know, what works for one business may not be applicable to another, but having enough awareness of what your business is, like what the state is, what the functionality is, and how you can kind of keep it going is key because I don't know, man, like there's, there's a lot of things that I've, you know, I went to school for business. Um, and I've learned so much more in the couple of years that I've been running a business than I ever could have in a textbook at college. And this is, this is where you get your education right here, making these decisions, going through these hard times and, and just trying things kind of trial and error, seeing what sticks. But I feel like, I feel like you and I both are learning more now over the past six months than, than we could have under, you know, sunshines and rainbows kind of environment. So I'm kind of, you know, stressed out about all this, but at the same time, very thankful for it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they say like, you know, if you look back in history, like, you know, some of the greatest companies were, were founded in the most challenging of times, whether it's the great depression or like you mentioned your uncle, 2007, 2008. Um, these are the times that you really focus to really focuses you on what's important uh, for your, but your business, your customers, even within your own life. And I think that, really comes through and ultimately the company that you end up creating. And so I think we feel thankful for some extent to have this experience as challenging as it is, because we'll, we will be better um, for it in the end. I do truly believe that. Absolutely, man. Well, give me some insight on something totally unrelated to keto farms. I know if you're anything like me, it's kind of hard to, to draw a separation between your business and the rest of your life, but what what's new and exciting going on for you now outside the business? Yeah. Um, I'd say like been doing a lot of uh, th- this time, you know, we're all kind of bundled up here with the quarantine and whatnot. Um, and we've just been finding myself getting to do a lot of exploring, uh, taking a lot of, a lot of road trips. Um, you know, we're, I live out here in uh, you know, sunny California in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's just all these amazing places that you can drive to. Uh, so over five years and, and never did any of it. You know, every time I had a little bit of time off, I'd be looking at flights or where can I go fly to or see this person, see that person. And, you know, all this stuff has been in, in the backyard the whole time. And so me and my girlfriend, we kind of uh, decided that, you know, we'd been here a few years and haven't really explored anything. And so we've been taking a lot, a lot of road trips, just, um, just got back from San Diego this past weekend. Um, yeah, the, and then week before we did the, the drive up um, Big Sur on the coast. Um, if you have ever been out here, it's really spectacular. Um, you're basically driving on these huge cliffs and mm-hmm. overlooking the water there. It's like, you know, thousands of feet down this crystal clear blue water and, you know, pack the surfboard and you're just driving by. And if you see some waves, you pull over and go in surf for a little bit, keep driving. And it's just been a really, uh, totally different way to, to kind of experience your life compared to what we're used to. And, um, been a great way to kind of adapt to the new reality. It's just me and her in the car cruising around, not going to any airports or anything like that. And so that's been really fun uh, and really good way to kind of get out, get a little space from the business um, and, and get refreshed. So really been enjoying that. Um, and uh, cur- curious about you. I see a lot of pictures on your Instagram of, of the sailboats and that all looks really fun. Yeah, man. I've been I've been sailing a lot more lately. Uh, my, my folks got into it several years ago and – they just got randomly got a sailboat and taught themselves how to sail and they got a bigger boat and they sold their old boat to my brother and I. So he and I have been learning how to sail and it's, it's super peaceful, man. I mean, like when you go out in the water, you know, spend a few hours out there and you, you turn the motor off cause you're powered by the wind and it's just so much more peaceful. There's no noise. I mean, it's just, it's just 
peaceful. I'm able to think. I'm able to have these creative thoughts. I'm able to come back to work much more productive than I would be had I not had that, you know, brief moments of disconnect. And I don't know. I've, I've been loving it. That and the the local, ex, you know, exploring. Crystal and I have been doing a bunch of hiking here lately, and we'll just find places, you know, within a few hours of us here in our home state of Arkansas. I feel like there is so much natural beauty a lot closer to closer to you than you realize you always feel like you have to go travel to find it but it's it's oftentimes right in your back door yeah it was right here all along and that's been like kind of a big big lesson through all this so that's great man yeah i feel the same way about surfing just being being out in the water um it's calm and peaceful and, and really the waves only come you know at certain periods so most of the time you're just bobbing there just yeah. kind of looking around thinking and uh it's been a really great experience to, to reset yourself a little bit and come back feeling feeling refreshed all the craziness that's going on. I think it's something about just water in general, man. I, I don't know what it is, but I feel like people that, you know, they're they're big into boating or they're big into surfing or they're big into fishing, like whatever it is, it, it almost seems to have the common denominator of being on the water. But something about water yeah. makes time stand still. I agree with that. I love the water. Well, shoot, man. Where can people go to find out more about you, get some Keto Farms snack packs, and call it a day? Yeah, we're uh, ketofarms.com, and then uh, where we're selling um, exclusively these days is on Amazon. Uh, so you can go to Amazon, search Keto Farms, or Amazon.com backslash Keto Farms. I'll take you to our store, show you all of our products. Uh, and then we're on Instagram at Keto Farms. So um, feel free to hit us up. Um, we just launched the Maple Candy Pecans. People have been loving those. Um, so definitely uh, check us out, and we really appreciate you having us on today yeah man i appreciate you taking the time and i will i will be in touch because i I definitely want to get this savory brick knocked out of the park and i'll have to send you some samples for further formulation advice yeah absolutely we'll we'll figure out the savory brick i've never seen a savory bar before so i'd be excited to be part of a really an industry first shoot yeah man well brandon always a pleasure brother keep in touch let me know if you need anything from me Likewise, Robert, really appreciate it and I look forward to connecting again soon. Sounds good. Take care, man.